Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. And now for this week's message. Father, we thank you for your Word, and we ask today that we'll be able to hear what you'd say to us. Each and every one of us have a unique purpose. We, are been desi- we have been designed by you, and the- we have a role to play. The very fact that we're here is proof that in the grand scheme of things, you have a place for us. We have a purpose. We have a destiny. And so we pray today that you would use today as a way to help us understand our purpose, help reinforce it, encourage it, whatever the case might be. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to reach us today, to teach us today, to instruct us. If we're here today and we're far from you, may this be a morning we could discover your incredible love for us and that we'd put our trust into you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you missed last week's message, we are building on this as we go through the month of August. So you can go back and get the podcast. We talked about purpose to find, what is purpose, how does it fit. Next week, we'll talk about vision, goals, planning, and so forth. I talked with a young man this past week, and he said, I've been doing this all wrong. I do goals and planning, but I've been working backwards. Instead of going from purpose to vision, I've been working backwards. And so this made so much sense to him. Our prayer for the month of August is that by the end of the month, our church individually and corporately, we know this is my purpose. Why do you think so many people have trouble knowing what their purpose is? We did that question in Life Group this past week, and we just went around the room and just said, why do you think people struggle with it? Because we do struggle with it. We saw that even last week after the service. A number of people came up and said, man, I, I struggle, and I'm, I've changed careers, and I, I'm, I'm in my 40s, or I'm in my 50s, I'm in my 20s, and I'm not sure why I'm here. I should know, but I don't. And so we just went around, and we just said, why do people struggle knowing their purpose? And some of the answers that came out of it were, well, they've never really taken time to look for it. You know, to find it takes some effort. It takes some work. And if you're apathetic or lazy, you're likely not going to discover. You're just going to kind of drift through life. Uh, some people have had no tools. They've never had anybody help them. There's, there's tools. There's ways to discover it. We'll talk a bit about that later on in the message. Uh, for some, they, they, one of the answers was they're so enraptured by daily activities, engagement, goals, and so forth, that their awareness of their unique life purpose is missed. And that's certainly true for many. Uh, One interesting comment that came out was the passion they have doesn't match the skills they went to school for. I graduated from high school, and I went to college. I got my degree. I got some skills. I'm working, and all of a sudden I realized, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to work every day, but my skills don't match my passion. And so now I'm confused. What am I supposed to do with my life? And they're wrestling with their purpose. Or another reason why they have trouble finding purpose is they compare themselves to others or they're afraid of what others would think of them if they did what was really in their heart. And so these were some of the things that we talked about. Another reason why people have trouble finding their purpose in today's world, and I think it's different than it was even 100 years ago, Things were a little bit simpler 100 years ago. There's something today that, uh, there's a book that came out in the 90s, the late 90s, by an author by the name of David Schenck. And he, he wrote a book, and he, he coined a term called data smog. Uh, you've heard of maybe Blackberry Thumb, where it's actually a medical term. 
people have, uh, they get a chronic medical condition by using their thumbs too much on their Blackberry. And it's called Blackberry Thumb. And you have to treat it. It's written in medical journals. Well, there's something also written in medical journals now called Data Smog. And Data Smog relates to the overwhelming amount of information that we have. See, in the 70s, we would get between 350 to 500 messages a day coming at us. Today, we have over 3,000 messages a day coming at us. And in that, they're finding, and they, they, the, the med- one of the medical terms that they give to this, it's called, let me see if I can find it, um, information fatigue syndrome. Some of you have been there, information, I'm just tired. And they, they, what they found, and they write about the medical journals, it affects our clarity and our sense of well-being. It can even affect our immune system. And in the, all the smog of information, we have trouble identifying what we really are. And so what happens is we end up deleting a lot of messages because we can't handle all the messages. Do, do you do, do, delete a lot of emails? When I log on, the first thing I go, delete, 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 delete. I just go, go through. And I, have you ever done that? I've deleted some messages that I shouldn't delete. And somebody says, I emailed you. I go, ooh, boy, I probably deleted that one. And I even have, a, you know, this filter that puts a lot in the, in, the, in, the, in the junk, right? You get junk email. I never check my junk email. And every once in a while, something important ends up in my junk email. We've got filters. We got, we're trying to get rid of all this information coming at us. And in the process, sometimes we end up deleting the very thing that we're supposed to be doing. It's like, what am I supposed to be doing? There's this data smog going on. I have trouble finding out, what am I supposed to do? A hundred years ago, it was simple. There wasn't as many options. There's so many options out there today. And it's diffused that it's hard. Like, well, what is it? We had trouble with mice on the farm and we would set different type of traps to catch the mice. And one of the traps we had was, it was a box, and the mice ran through it. And when they ran through it, it would just flip them around, and as they ran through the tunnel, they'd end up on the other side in a cage. And so you set the trap out there, and then after a week, you'd have maybe 20, 30 mice in there. And so we had, now you've got 20, 30 live mice in a box. And so now the challenge is to dispose of the mice. And so we would call the cats and the dog. And it was supper time for the cats. And so we'd call them. And we, we noticed something very interesting. The dogs never did get any mice. But the cats would get the mice. Because the dog, when you, because we'd go out in, the, in a wide open area, and we'd just open up the cage and let the mice out. And then we'd feed the cats. And uh, the cats would focus on one. But the dog would run there, he'd run there, he'd run there, he'd, he'd run everywhere. And then he kind of looked around and said, oh, I didn't get any. <laughs> the cats, they, they were very focused. They were just, no, that's that one. I'm going after that one. And uh, they, they'd have supper. The dog didn't get anything. And sometimes we're, we're looking all over the place, and we never really focus. It's kind of like diffuse light versus a laser beam. A laser beam, incredibly powerful. It can cut through steel. But diffuse light doesn't have that. And in all this information, I think especially for our younger generation with so many options out there, it's sometimes kind of hard to look, well, what am I supposed to do with my life? I could do this, I could do that. And here's a lie that came out of our life group that we often hear today. Chris, who's in our life group, came from Rwanda, 
And when he came to North America and went to school, his teacher told him in Canada, Chris, you can be anything you want to be. And he said in our life group, and I never thought of it, because I've said that to people, you can be anything you want to be. But he said, that's not true, that's a lie. I can't be anything I want to be because I wasn't designed to be everything. This can only be a microphone. It makes a lousy hammer. If I use it for a hammer, how many know I wreck the microphone? And there's a principle there that anytime purpose is not known or ignored, abuse happens. When we don't know the purpose of our children, we abuse children. If we don't know the purpose of a substance, we abuse substance. That's why drug addiction is called substance abuse. It's not the substance, it's the abuse of the substance. And if we don't know the purpose of our life, we can even abuse our lives. The person who's on the street or the person who's addicted or the person who's trapped in something, likely they haven't really got a revelation of their purpose and so abuse has entered in. If you look at some symptoms, this would be a great question for life group. What are symptoms of people who lack a sense of purpose? One would be abuse, self-centered. People that don't know the purpose have a lack of contentment. Paul said something very interesting. He was in jail. He, he was an entrepreneur. At one point, he made a lot of money. He could support all his staff with his trade. And sometimes he was in jail. Sometimes he was shipwrecked. Sometimes he was a prisoner. Sometimes he was speaking to thousands of people. Sometimes he was writing, but Paul said something interesting. I've learned to be content. One sign that you know your purpose is you're just content. A sign of not knowing your purpose is restlessness. You're just restless. Oh, I better do this. I better do that. Go better there. People that keep changing jobs, careers, places, and may I say churches. Oh, it's better over there, better there. Get planted, brother and sister. Get planted. You, you wonder why you're, 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 it's vague and you feel like, oh, I'm so unfulfilled. Planted takes time to grow roots and grow fruit. He compared us to fruit, not to wheat. Wheat crop you can grow in a year. You don't get a crop of fruit in a year. It takes time for it to come. We're an impatient bunch. Impatience, uh, when we're impatient, it, it, it it's a struggle to find purpose. There's this patience is related to faith. Uh, lack of, uh, what else can we say for symptoms? You can brainstorm on that maybe in your life group this week. But certainly restlessness is one of them. Augustine, the great uh, Christian theologian from years ago, said this. Speaking of God, you've made us for yourself. I think this quote is in your notes. You've made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless until they find the rest in you. That's enough. If you don't get anything else this morning, that's enough. You will be restless. I will be restless until I find my rest in God. Then I will. We have a generation that's restless. There's a a very well-known song that came out in the 80s, late 80s, won Grammy Awards. It was said by critics and by publicists that had one of the best-written songs there ever was. It was sung and still sung, used in themes, used in movies. And when it's introduced, 
the singer introduces it as kind of a gospel song with a restless spirit. And this group that sings it, you would probably recognize, is a group called U2. And the song's called, I Still Haven't Found What I've Been Looking For. It's a gospel song. Uh, Bill Hybels had interviewed Bono a number of years ago, and he talked about his faith so strongly and passionately in the role of the church. And, and uh, in his song, he says, You broke the bonds and you loosed the chains, carried the cross of my shame, of my shame. You know I believed it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. How many Christians you know today that believe and know that Jesus carried away their shame but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. There's still a restlessness in my spirit. God wants us to know our purpose and destiny. He doesn't hide it from us. He hides it for us that we can discover it. We don't get to design it. We get to discover it. And there is a cry, my friends, in our world today, this generation. And when you, if you'd see a, a U2 concert, just thousands of people singing, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's a cry of our generation to know their purpose. We're going to talk about this morning, how to discover your purpose. But let me play a little clip of it because you'll just catch the, the cry of our generation to know their purpose in this song. Still haven't found what I'm looking for. What's this cry? It's the cry of humanity. It's, it's not a religious cry. It's a human cry. It's a cry of every person. What am I designed for? What am I here for? What? Why do I matter? Why am I unique? Why am I different? What, what makes me special? That's the cry. I want to find that. I've got good news for you. God wants you to find it. He, he doesn't want you to go through life and say, what was this all for? Because when we stand before him one day, his question will be, what did you do with the life I gave you? Paul said, I'm glad when I get there, I know I can expect this. Well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not responsible for Cheryl, my wife. She's going to have to answer her on her own. I'm not responsible in that sense. Obviously, as a husband, I'm responsible for her. But for that answering that question, we each will answer on our own. My dad's not going to answer for me. Nobody's going to, I have to answer for my own life 
God, what did I do with the life he gave me? That's connected to our purpose. Amen? Now, look at uh, Proverbs 20, verse 5. It's there in your notes. The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. In other words, you've got to go looking for it. It's deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. You, you draw this out. You, you have to kind of draw it out. Sometimes it's discovered early in life. Sometimes it comes later, and you go, oh, now I know why all of this happened. That's my story. I look back. There was times that I said to Cheryl, my wife, I said, my resume looks like this mishmash. And it kind of looked like the back of a tapestry. And then God flipped it over for me, and I go, oh, now I know why. I didn't like sales. So, man, why am I in sales? But now I know why he had me in sales. I think every pastor should have to do a sales course. <laughs> I think she's part of, I had a Bible school president come to me recently and say, you know, what can we do to, we're struggling training our pastors. I think, well, I don't think you have the right, you know, I don't think you have enough courses or I, don't, I think you need to offer other courses in your, in your seminaries. He goes, well, what should we be offering? I said a sales course, a real estate course, a course on how to write leases and understand leases, a, a course on how to relate to people, negotiate, because most of them, they know how to preach a sermon, but... How do you have negotiating skills and how do you, I'm so glad he took me through that. It didn't make sense at the time, but now, oh, now I know. I can't go into a meeting without thinking, what is my number, what's the one thing I, I will for sure come away with and what's the big thing I'd like to come away with? I, I go back to my training there. Brad, if I'm reading you right, I think I am. Why settle for the get by when the good in the long run will cost you less? <laughs> so, I don't know where that came from, but anyhow. <laughs> there was a reason for it. And now I look back, oh, God, that's why you had that. It took a while to discover it and to write it down and to be able to articulate it. Again, Cheryl and I would like nothing more this month, by the end of the month, Every person in our congregation could articulate their purpose, their mission statement. Companies have mission statements. You can Google it and find it real quick. Starbucks has any successful company has a mission statement. Any successful company knows how to tell their story. Show me a successful company, says Leonard Sweet, and I'll show you a company that has mastered storytelling. That's why I have this conference called Astoria coming up in October, and you'll want to be a part of that. But individually... Let me ask you, do you have your mission statement written down? Companies will put it on their wall. They'll, they'll, they'll post it on their website. They'll, they'll filter their decisions through it. So why as individuals are we so slow to do that? One reason, I believe, is because we have an enemy who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he knows if we as individuals know where we fit, know where we belong, and plug into that and quit trying to do somebody else's or comparing it, we become incredibly powerful as we focus on who we are. But as long as we're diffused running everywhere, well, he knows we're no threat. But when corporate will come together and we each know our part and we're fine with it, we become this incredible orchestra that has a clarion call to the world today. 
But as long as they're all overrunning their own thing and can't submit to the conductor who happens to be Jesus, and the number one way to discover your purpose is to surrender to God, to worship him. So if you, if you go into your notes, that's the first thing. If we want to discover it, we have to discover that we are designed to worship God. Now, there are universal elements for purpose, call, what every Christian is called to do, and then there's unique elements, what God's custom designed for you to do. You are one of a kind. Look at your neighbor and just say, you are one of a kind. There's not another one like you. And... Uh, the wife said, amen, there's only one of him. You're, you're unique. You're one of a kind. But also, there's things that God's designed in our purpose that we all do. We're all called to worship and surrender ourselves to God. In that place, when we surrender to God, when we worship him, our own unique purpose and calling will come to light. But if we can't do that, if we can't surrender to the creator, we won't know what we're created for. And surrender, there's barriers to surrender. One is fear. I don't want to surrender to God because I'm afraid of God. I don't trust God. You, you trust somebody when you know that they won't hurt you. you. You trust somebody when you know that they love you. It's the goodness of God that calls us to him. If you think, surrender can be, in our world, a negative word. It can be, oh, they surrendered, they lost. Well, if I surrender to God, I'm a loser. That's kind of the, what plays in the back of our mind. Nothing could be further from the truth. When you surrender to God, you're a winner. Because that's when you truly find freedom and strength. When we used to wrestle as kids, and, uh, you know, we would get somebody in a headlock and we would get them on the ground and punch them out and say, say, I give, say, I give, say, surrender, or I give. And when they finally got hurt enough, they say, okay, I give, I give, I, uh, I tap out. This isn't tapping out to God. This is you willingly coming before God, not coerced, not forced. I lift my hands and I surrender. Don't tell me this generation can't lift hands. Do you see that video? They're all raising their hands. And then I got people, when we come to church, say, oh, I don't know about this lifting hand stuff. Give me a break. You go to a YouTube concert, you don't mind lifting your hands. You come to church, it's like, oh. Build a bridge and get over that. We are designed to worship God. Look at Matthew 10, 39. Here it says, Jesus says, if, you first, if your first concern is to look after yourself, that's our world today. Our first concern, it's me. It's all about me. This is so simple, we can miss it. As long as you think it's all about you, you won't find your purpose. And that's so cross-grain, counter-culture to our world today. Because we live in a world, it's all about you. You can be anything you want to be. It's about you. No, it's not. Not if you're a believer. It's the upside-down kingdom. If your first concern is look after yourself, look at this, you'll never find yourself. Enough said. 
until you surrender to God, say, God, I surrender my life to you, I worship you, then the Creator can reveal who you really are. But as long as you got pride and arrogance, I'll design my own life, thank you very much, I want to be in control, God lets you choose. You can choose. I said before, life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose. You can choose. Go ahead, design your own life. But sooner or later, you'll wake up, and you may have a lot of money, you may have a lot of things, and you'll realize, if I'm really honest inside, this didn't work out so hot. I'm not the big shot I thought I was. And the closer you get to the grave, the more you'll realize it. Oh, when you're riding high and your company's number one and everybody's saying you're the best, great. And then you retire, you're sitting on your boat, and you're wondering, is this all there is to life? You know how many great people that were really great in their careers and everything else, and then all of a sudden, five years in retirement, ten years in retirement, they're depressed, they're confused, they're wondering, what did I do with my life? You can take the giftings and the purpose you have. Paul used it to persecute the church, and he found out who he was in Christ and used it to build the church. Moses took and used his purposes to kill the Egyptian. God took him to sanctify it, redeemed it, and showed and channeled it for the purpose God had for his life. Every one of us have got a plan. There's a unique plan God has for us in the grand scheme of things. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here in the pew this morning. You're right on time, right in the right place. As much as the moon was hung, the star was hung, you're his prized creation. He thought about you before he created this entire universe. You were scripted in. You were designed. He created nothing for fun. There's no extras. There's no leftovers. Every single atom on the planet, every bird, every, every bee, every, every insect, every, every piece of dirt, and then you, the crowning of creation, has a unique place, role to play. And when you are walking in that, it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. I'm fulfilled in who I am. That's a sweet spot to be. Folks, that's the sweet spot. All right. Number one, we're designed to worship God. We could say a lot more about that. Uh, look at Colossians 1.16. That's there. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him. And what? Finds its purpose in him. I don't have time to go through all of these. Romans 12, 2. When we're conformed to his word, we can prove what his perfect will for our life is. But that means not being conformed to the world. Look to Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. We could say he's the author and the finisher of your purpose. He authored it. He wrote it. He'll help you finish it. Look to Jesus, surrender to him, worship him. That's so key. All right, number two, we're designed to run on love. If you don't operate in love, our purpose becomes obscured. You're designed to worship God. You're designed to run on love. Try running on hate and unforgiveness. Science will tell you, the medical community will tell you, you'll end up in the hospital. Run on hate, run on unforgiveness, run on bitterness, run on I got to get back, I got to fight you. And guess what? You're going to be, you'll be sick because we're designed to run on love. Would you all agree with that? Science agrees. Yeah, we're designed to run on love. 
Other stuff wrecks your immune system. Your brain sends uh, uh, chemicals towards your body that cause you to, to get sick and your, your immune system goes down, all the rest of it. We're designed to run in love. My Ram truck Dodge is designed to run on diesel. I put gasoline in there, the motor crashes. And I put hate, unforgiveness in my heart, my life will crash. When I run on love, I can discover my purpose. If it's all about me and I'm self-centered and I'm looking at myself, my purpose becomes obscured. It's like clouds blocking the sun. I can't see it. Here's your memory verse for the week, 1 John 4, 16. We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust, our faith in his love. God is love. All who live in love live in God and God lives in them. Albert Einstein said, nothing truly arises from ambition or a form of mere sense of duty. It stems rather from love. Our value, our purpose rises out of love. Uh, I got to move along here. Much more could be said about that. But when we are loving others, when we're serving others, when we're in something bigger than us, oh, that's what I'm designed to do. That's what I'm here for. Uh, we're, we're designed for a physical and for a spiritual family. We're designed for both. We're designed to worship God. We came from the factory that way, and when we do that, our unique purpose comes to the surface. We're designed to run in love. When we operate in love, our purpose comes to the surface. If it's all about us, it's obscured. We can't see it. And we're designed for family. Let me talk about physical family, first of all. And here's a quick way to prove it. Do a quick Google on foster children in our province. There's about 16,000. And from the work that we've done for VanCat, building a center for disadvantaged children in our community, we know that over 50% of those who didn't have a mommy and daddy are on the streets. They're the homeless of our town. Why? They don't know their purpose. It's related to what? Family. We're designed for family. Show me a home where there's a good mommy and a good daddy and a good family. That child is much more likely to know their purpose. Would you agree? And how many people you know and I know that didn't have good homes and they're wandering around thinking, who am I? You and I both know children whose parents have been divorced and the devastation on the children finding their course in life. Why? Because we're created for family. You might say, well, I didn't come from a good family. What do I do? Thank God for God's family. It's going to outlive your physical family. And there's a God's family is an incredible place to find your place, your purpose. Because the Bible says we each supply. The, I don't have time to go into it, but the, the history books are full of people who found their purpose and their calling in the local church. It's a safe place for your talent to come to the surface, for your purpose to come to the surface. It's a safe place to experiment. And sometimes you've got to kind of move around and find your place. Oh, sometimes you're in a role before you're in your purpose. But if you have a heart to serve, you'll find your purpose. There's a list of musicians today in the world. Some, sadly, are no longer following Christ, but they found their musical gifts in the church. Whether it be Elvis Presley or Justin Timberlake or Abel Levine or whatever her name is, the world is filled with people that were believed and encouraged and their purpose, their talents, and their design was flushed out in the incubator of the local church. It's designed for that. You're designed for physical family and spiritual family. 
These three keys, and I'm running out of time, but these three keys, worship God, surrender to him, operate in love, physical family, and then even more importantly, spiritual family, when we operate in that, we'll see our purpose begin to, <gasps> that's it. Mm, boy, I wish I had more time. Ah. Physical family, I gave you some verses there. Purpose is discovered also when we have an outside perspective. And God will use others to help you discover your purpose. I gave you some questions there you can go through, just some deep thinking. Again, a man of understanding draws it out, correct? So if you're, if you're lazy, if you're like, oh, no, I just want to, you know, watch TV and play video games. Well, you'll be there 10 years from now. Or if you just, I want to just, I just want to vacation or I just want to do this. It takes some deep thinking to do this. If you just want to be entertained, you're not going to find it. If you, but if you will ask some deep questions, have others come around you to help shed light on it, you, God will help you find it. Here's some questions. What am I doing when I lose track of time? What comes naturally to me? What are my talents? What do I create? I told you the story a couple of weeks ago about a lady from Australia, Ruth Larwell. She makes cupcakes. She has a passion for for children, and today, as a result of this, she has one of the leading uh, cake art galleries in Phnom Penh, and she rescues women caught in the sex traffic trade. If you go to her website, it says, and here's her purpose summed up. Bloom Asia's directors, Ruth and Mary Larwell, have a passion for seeing young women reach their potential. There's their purpose. In 2006, Ruth began traveling to Cambodia to conduct vocational training courses for young women. Then in 2008, Ruth and Murray were challenged with the belief that a full-time training program was needed instead. So following a period of research and planning, the law was moved to Cambodia. And with the backing and support of their home church, the first Bloom Asia Training Center was established in Phnom Penh. Ruth says, listen carefully, to see a girl smile and understand that she was created for a purpose and with value is what Bloom Asia is all about. She was just just. She was a housewife making cupcakes, but she knew, I know there's more than that in me. My purpose is to see something's inside of me to see young women rescued. And today she's doing it. Ah, we've run out of time, haven't we? Uh, there's some tools available. If you haven't gone through the equipping courses or the Connect courses, we take one whole day just to go through and help you through the discourse and others to help shed light on what your purpose is. So if you haven't done that, that starts on September 8th, and I encourage you to sign up for that. I give you some points there on what your mission statement should look like. Jesus had a clear mission statement. Here's what it is. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to claim liberty to the captives, recover his sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There's a classic purpose statement right there. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to pray a simple prayer for you today. If you're here today and you would say, you know what? I am not sure what my purpose is or I am not living in my purpose, fulfilling it, then I want to pray for you today. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. We could have lots of hands go up, but God knows. This is between you and him. And so lean into this prayer this morning and let me pray for you today. Father, you know every heart here today and this message has just touched their heart and they're like, God, you're the creator of me. Show me my purpose. Our prayer, Father, is that 
through the help of others and by the leading of your Holy Spirit, that everyone here would know their unique purpose, what you have for them. We're here to worship you, Lord. We're here to walk in love. We're here to be part of our physical family, but also our spiritual family, to contribute, not just to spectate, but to be involved in it. And in that, we pray, Lord, through this month of August, that Coastal Church family and all those that might be listening on a podcast, whatever the case might be, that they too, Lord, would know their purpose. We ask in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.